The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. To the Positive Talk Radio, I'm very glad that you're here, those that are going to be listening now and those that are going to be listening later. Uh, got a great show for you today. And, uh, you know, Positive Talk is is about you know, bringing positive people that are doing great things in the world. And, and this is one of those who can do something that, you know, I don't know. How many people can actually do what you do? Uh, Veronica Carrera is with us, and um, um, she is an author. She is a triathlete. For those of you that have no earthly idea what that is, I, when we talked previously, I learned a lot about it, um, and I decided that there are many things I'd like to do in life. That ain't one of them. Uh, that is really a lot of hard work to be able to put that together. But she's also, she comes from South America and uh, originally, and, and she is, I believe you're here now. Is that right, Veronica? Yeah. So I, I've been living here for a while. I work for as a business leader for one of the top tech companies in the world. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Can, can you say the name of the company? Are you allowed? I, I think, yeah, LinkedIn. <laughs> oh, very nice. I love LinkedIn. Yes, thank you. I, I've had some real good experiences with them, and uh, is it? But it's great to have you here. And how did you get hooked up with LinkedIn? Is it just part of your career path? Well, you know, I I did an MBA, and and even before that, I was in the financial markets. I worked for Bloomberg for so many years, and as in the financial industry, um, I was an analyst there. Then I was a salesperson. Then I was a leader there. Then I went to Gartner, and eventually I was hired here at LinkedIn as one of the their leaders. How do you have enough time to do everything <laughs> that you do? You know, uh, it's funny. My friends ask me that. How do you <laughs> do all of it? I feel that since I was a child, I grew up with a lot of discipline. So I find time to meditate, meditate in the morning, to exercise. Then I know I have to work. And then I have to do some good in the world. So just like your podcast, I love the way you introduce it, by the way. You know, you're here to do good in the world. And I believe that at my core, that is my mission and my purpose as well. It's a beautiful purpose, a beautiful mission. And um, I don't know how you do what you do, uh, because let, let's talk a little bit about um, you, can't, you came here. Now, have you always been a triathlete? Have you always been really into those things or what, what, first of all, explain to our audience what exactly a triathlete does. Yes. Okay. So let me answer the first questions. Have you always been a triathlete? No, I have not. But when I was in South America, in my country, 
I competed in um, in athletics, like uh, uh, in a pentathlon, which is oh, a five sure. category running, long jump, you know, javelin, all of that. So, and I was one of the top athletes nationally, particularly in one category and in, in, in desk and javelin, but running, I was always okay, okay decent. I migrated to the United States when I was 16 years old and eventually ended up running and doing marathons. And then this one particular marathon took me to South Africa where I had a magnificent experience and, and I, I did pretty well. So that's when someone, when I crossed the finish line, a couple from Spain uh, he was from Spain and his wife was from Mexico. They approached me and they said, hey, listen, you did so well in this marathon. Have you ever thought about doing an Ironman? I did not know what that meant. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean an Ironman? He says, let me, let me talk to you about it. He was, more, he was so excited. So I was trying to comprehend his excitement. And then he went ahead to explain what it was. And the book starts that way, by the way. So from the beginning, people understand what is 140 miles of life? What is she titled in the book that way? So he goes and explains, and the Ironman is the longest endurance triathlon in the world. And it comprises of a 2.4-mile swim, a 112-mile bike ride, and a 26.2-mile run. So at the end, is there is a marathon. So it's racing this order and without a break. That is Ironman, and you have about 17 hours to finish it. Well, you just made me want to take a nap just talking about <laughs> it. By the way, before I before I get too far, you were a pentathlon athlete to start yes. with, right? And yes. there's also the deca decathlon, mm -hmm. which is 10 events yes. and five events. Do you know what recently happened? Tell me. Do you know who Jim Thorpe was? Yes, of course. Jim Thorpe won, and the, I believe it was the 1912 uh, Olympics. He won the pentathlon and the decathlon, yeah. and, and and got gold medals in both. And then he was stripped of those gold medals because he, as a amateur ball player, in, in took some money, uh, not very much money. It was like twenty bucks or something. And so the Olympic Committee stripped him of those titles. Well, oh, they God. recently. They recently, and obviously post mortem, um, uh, they recently regained or gave him back those medals. Oh, great! It wasn't he the uh, the athlete that someone stole his shoes uh, before he ran one of the Olympics, and he basically found some shoes in the garbage. Yes. Oh yes. my gosh, that story! I love it. I use it actually. Someone in my team uh, at LinkedIn uh, shared the story with me. And I was, oh, my gosh, this is such an amazing story. And I share it to inspire people in the business world. And sometimes when there is no way, when we face unsurmountable challenges, we just, you know, we just have to find a way when we feel that there is no way. Absolutely. And in those days, see, he was an American Indian. Uh, and so he, he was, so he had a lot of challenges growing up just being able to compete 
because he went to like a Carlisle Indian school and, and stuff. So just being able to compete in the mainstream was very difficult. And then he went on to become a pro football player and a pro baseball player. And, yeah. and he was, he was a, a, a tremendous athlete, but, but it is about, and the reason that I bring him up is because you've got some of the same attributes. It's called, mm-hmm. it's what I call authentic grit. Um, and authentic mm-hmm. grit means that you don't, you, you, you take the challenge you accept the challenge and then you become the be- absolute best at what you do that you can be. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's, that's a definition of you. It's, it's pretty remarkable that you could, <laughs> you could do, were you, weren't you tired when you got done with all of that in 17 hours? Well, I was tired even training for it. <laughs> it took a whole <laughs> year to train for this uh, Ironman. And, you know, um, when you get to the race, when you actually join the race, you there is an understanding that you have invested so much of yourself, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and I would say even spiritually, to get to that point. The many days that I had to wake up at four something in the morning to ride my bike in Central Park for two hours and a half during the week, right before work. And I meet my team. We met. I, I remember it was all dark, uh, so the light was not on. So we would just put like some lights on our helmets and meet there in the summer, in the winter, like shivering. So that's just to give you an idea. Just the, the um, biking during the week, and then you know the running, and then the swimming. And if for those who would read my book, you would understand that when I decided to do the Ironman, I did not even know how to swim. So. It took a lot of effort for me to get to that point. So by the time I got to the Ironman, I told myself, no matter what, I'm going to finish this. And the part of the story that's interesting is that I got so sick midway through the race that I could have given up. But there is something within us when we know that it's not just a race, just like life. When we know that there is a purpose behind what we do. There is something bigger than you that pushes you forward to cross your own finish line. I couldn't, I could not agree more. I could not agree more because it's so vital that we, I believe that we are here for a reason Mm -hmm. and that our reason is to be the best that we can be to ourselves and to each other. And, and that it's all part of the master plan. And some people are able you you were able to rather than negotiate with yourself, you know, because yeah, everybody has at one point has a negotiation with themselves. They go, I can't do this. Yes, I can. No, I can't. You can, you know, and and how about we stop and get something to drink, and then maybe later on, you know, and you know what I mean. We're negotiating with ourselves, and then there's a point to which you said, uh, no, then no, then no. This is I'm just going to do it. I'm going to make it work. And uh, with your career, with doing your triathlete, it's it's just remarkable that that you're able to do that. And you're now a published author. How how long ago did you write the book? It took me about four years. And I and a lot of people ask me, "Do you start with a purpose?" No, I didn't have a purpose. My grandma, who raised me after my mom died when I was little, she died during that time. Oh, and that what, you know, sometimes we experience losses in our lives that crack our hearts wide open. And that was 
one that, that was a big one for me and um and it made me want to sit down and start writing and i think at the first initial thought it was i have a story to write because it really the ironman is like a metaphor for a bigger story the the triathlon the endurance race here's the book there is there are other bigger stories within the book which is growing up as a mormon coming out as gay and being shown out of my church being an immigrant and even before that, you know, growing up with my mom as a single mom, and then she died when I was little, going to live with grandma after that, uh, at 16, coming to the States, and there and just challenges that happened in my life as a young person. And when I finished the book, or when I started writing the book, um, it was because my grandma's death um, opened my heart and my mind to revisit those moments in our lives or especially my life at this point where I knew that there was something I needed to share. But first I needed to go deep within myself to understand why am I being moved to write? And as I started to write, all of these things came to me and one fourth through the story, I would say, I understood that there was a bigger purpose. There was a bigger purpose for this and the, the, really the title became or, or the metaphor of the Iron Man became um, uh, became like the framework for these bigger stories for me to help others find a better way and find happiness despite whatever life has thrown at us. There is always a way and there always there is always a bigger dream for our lives. What was it like getting <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. What was it like getting thrown out of the Mormon church, for heaven's sakes? Uh, you know, um, Kevin, I grew up as a devout Mormon. I, I used to read, I mean, you know, all the rules that, you know, you can do so many things. And I happily follow all the rules. I never drank alcohol and not even coffee or anything. I mean, you, you name it. And then I ended up at Brigham Young University, which is a Big private university, yeah. exactly. I taught, I was a Mormon missionary. I went on a one and a half year mission to South America, serving as a missionary. So I did it all and I became one of their top missionaries. So when I came back, they hired me as, uh, as a teacher to teach other missionaries how to be missionaries. And I was at Brigham Young University at the same time. So all of this, just know that my heart was fully invested in it. Um, but there was something inside of me that I was pushing down that I knew I could not dare to look at because the Mormon church sees homosexuality or being gay as a crime next to murder. So I fought against it for so long. And then at BYU, at Brigham Young University, that's when I had an immense loving attraction for one of my, my friends and teammates who's a Mormon. And that's when everything happened and you're reading the book, what we had to go through so that we wouldn't be thrown out of the university before graduating. And then eventually I had to leave the church. You know, what's, what's so sad about that and about those days is that um, you, you were born who you are and, and to have to hide who you are from virtually everybody for such a long period of time it's a shame that it's a shame that we have to be in that position 
or that anybody has to be in that position because you're a child of God. You are mm-hmm. a, you, you are who you are. And, and, um, I'm hopeful and I'm, I'm really glad that we've made some changes in, in our attitudes towards mm-hmm. that. Haven't gotten nearly far enough, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. we're working more towards that. And, and, uh, and it, it that must've been a shock to you as well that the, when you, when you found out that you were attracted to uh, another woman, that that must've been like, ah, Torture. I can only imagine. I can only imagine torture because he didn't it wasn't a decision that at that point like oh yes i'm gonna leave no it took me years years and kevin this psychological torture went on for so many years to the point that at 37 i would have so at 20 something i had my first relationship that i actually i would leave these people because i would say this is not what God wants for us. And I'll, I'll give up on love and try to go back to church and continue to live my faith. Then my heart will open up to someone again. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm so broken. Because that's what I was taught. I'm so broken. This is sinful. Uh, when are you going to get better? Um, I mean, I will read the scriptures more than anybody else. I will fast. I will pray. I say, God, when are you going to fix me? I am doing everything. When when am I going to expect this miracle of, of being this whole and perfect person that you expect of me? And that went on and off for years. And I left so many relationships and I gave up on love because I thought I have to choose God over anything else, over my own feelings. And there was a point, Kevin, when I was in my 30s, mid-30s actually, where I actually contemplated, like, maybe I shouldn't continue living. Maybe, maybe, maybe I just need to die. And because of hitting rock bottom and revisiting that part of my life um, and what it took for me to get out of that dark place and, and then the journey of getting out of everything that you know and finding who you truly are outside of any dogma, outside of any institution was very difficult and probably the most powerful journey that I ever gone through, the most beautiful transformation or, or, or what I, I read in one book is called The Beautiful Destruction. It was so powerful and I'm so much closer to God now than ever. So when I felt that my story has a purpose to hopefully help others collapse their suffering so that they can find a way out sooner. And hopefully they don't ever give up on themselves. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on mm-hmm. is because it is, it's, it's absolutely vital that people recognize that they are who they are and God made each of us as we are. And, you know, I understand because my mother was a fundamentalist Christian. While yeah. she was alive, and we had this conversation. And she said, "You know, uh, homosexuality is a sin." And I said, "Well, but Mom, God made people that God made people who love who they love, without regard to that." And she and she said, "Well, well, they if they act on it, they they can they can still go to heaven, but they just can't act on it." And so I, mm-hmm. I, I said, "You understand that you are condemning 
10% of the population or 15% of the population to live a loveless life. Yeah. That wasn't what God intended for any of us. Mm -hmm. And for you to, to work through that. And now you are a shiny example of, let me, let's go through the list. You're an executive, you're an author, you are a triathlete. Mm -hmm. You've done some amazing things in your life and you're a terrific human being mm -hmm. and you love God and you love people and you're working to make positive change in the world. You're, you're, I, had you acted on what you were thinking about doing when you were in your mid thirties, we oh. wouldn't have any of that. Oh my gosh. I feel it when you say that. And I'm so grateful I get to have this conversation with you, Kevin. Thank you for what you're doing as well. Because the moment I stepped into this platform with you, I felt your energy. Wow, this is a human being that has so much positivity and he just wants to impact the world. So thank you for allowing me to, to do this with you. Well, I can only ask you to come back again because <laughs> I would love to have you back to, to, to talk more because yeah. I really truly believe that number one, we are all one. We all come from yeah. the same source. We oh all come God, from the yeah. same place um, and that we are all connected. And until we start acting like we are all connected, we're not going to achieve what our creator, and I don't care what you call it, call it God, call it source, call it universe, call it creator. Mm -hmm. I don't care. It's all a matter of the, 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 the divine design, if you will, mm -hmm. is for us to live in this beautiful place that God gave us and, and to enjoy each other and enjoy our company and to have a wonderfully uh, loving, exceptional life. Uh, that we can all be proud of and we can be proud of ourselves and proud of each other. And that's, that's why you see, you've been, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll get off my soapbox now, but you inspire the hell out of me. That's all I can tell you. Well, it seems like we speak the same language. Um, and you hit it right on the nail in the sense that we, a lot of us walk through our lives asleep thinking that somehow there is this illusion of separation and we're here just to survive. We're here. We are in the process of awakening, awakening to the realization that we are one, that we belong to this higher source, whatever you want to call it, and that we are here to fulfill our divine purpose. And that does, that does not involve suffering. No. At our core, where love, where light and joy is our divine right. I wish I'd have said that. That was beautiful. That, 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 really, that really was. It's, and it's so true. It's so true. And by the way, all the experiences that you had, both positive and negative, when you were growing up, first of all, you had a grandmother that was... Uh, loving and took care of you and, and stuff. And so gave you that, but all the experiences that you've had to date and will continue to have, have made you the person that you are. And you are, because of those experiences, you are strong. You are, you, you're mentally strong. You're physically strong, obviously, but, but you're also interested in helping other people and to helping mankind. I can't think of a, that's kind of what I'm trying to do. And that's, I can't think of a better calling than that. So yeah. congratulations. You, you, you deserve every bit of it. Thank you, Kevin. I mean, I'm a reflection of you also, right? 
the fact that you recognize that in me is because it's in you as well. And I just want to add that something that that adds to what you were sharing, that if we understand that we are all connected and that there is a benevolent universe that wants our good, then we can sit with this knowledge that the universe is always working for us. When you go into my book, you'll read things and you may think, oh, well, how did she make it through that? You know, I, I was in a foster home temporarily. I did all these things. And later, years later, I graduated from Cornell. I was nominated as the best Cornell MBAs and stuff like that. But it's this economy, this, these parts of our lives and seem that, oh, my gosh, this is so difficult. Look what she went through. And that's the story of a lot of people. Believe me, I'm just someone who wrote a book. If we were to ask your audience to share their stories, everyone has something powerful and beautiful to share. The moments that were so difficult and challenging and what we may say dark, but then there is a lot of light and power and beauty that comes from it. So we, we see the other side of the coin. We just have to hang in there long enough to see it. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. You know, one of the things that I have done in the past and, and like to do whenever I get the chance mm-hmm. is it's called family legacies. Mm-hmm. And I like to interview folks that are uh, a, a little bit more seasoned, like, like in their seventies and eighties and, and, and talk about their life. Oh, and right. I, it's so interesting to me because I will get these people that have lived these extraordinary lives and they will they'll say no 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 i'm I'm just i didn't do anything special and and so you know i interviewed one lady that uh in 1942 she met a man she was a soda jerk now if you don't know what a soda jerk is they used to have these shops where they would put soda pop together and you would have somebody that would take the syrup and then they would put the uh, uh, seltzer water into the syrup and mix it up. And that became your pop and or your or your soda. And uh, they were called soda jerks. She was acting as that. And a military man came in, a young guy. He was scheduled to go to Europe uh, in two days. And they had a conversation. He invited her out to dinner. They went to have dinner. Then he proposed. They got married. He went to the war and and they came back. They had six kids and and were together for 55 years until one of them died until he passed away. And and she was sitting there telling me that her life had no value and had no meaning. And Mm -hmm. I was like, we all have meaning. We all have value. And and uh, and all of our lives are special. In, in one way or another. So some are a little bit more special than others because you could do some things. And you, not only did you come from South America, but you then went to Brigham Young, you went to Cornell, you, you, you got a fabulous education and you're an athlete and you're an author. It's like, girl, you got it all going on. <laughs> well, it seems like, right, we all have things in our lives and we are always... Um... We always like you you want to transcend and we want to make well and but I am I am a, a, a blessed human being and that comprehends everything that I've gone through. You know that 
recently I, I, I was in Costa Rica um, um, in a holistic resort and I was meeting with shamans and I was, you know, doing all these things with this beautiful community. And I remember um, as I was going through this beautiful ceremony and with shamans and all of that and, and meditation and everything, I remember I, I, I went out in nature because it was right outside of this meditation room that was all open in the middle of the jungle. And I remember thinking about the book and, and thinking about the tar moments and the beautiful moments and everything at the end is beautiful. And because the universe is always working uh, for us. And I remember saying to God, you know, thank you for trusting me with this life. Thank you for trusting me. Because I believe that somehow, if it is true, then we are eternal. Somehow, even before coming here, I agreed to this life for whatever it is that I needed to learn to advise my, advance my consciousness. And I also, I also told this higher power, you know, I fulfill my soul contract. Uh, I suffer enough. I want a new soul contract because I'm also ready. Um, which I, I have many opportunities for happy to welcome more joy, to welcome more love, you know, and there is no such thing also as more. It's always there. We just need to open our eyes and open our hearts, make our minds be more in resonance with our hearts. What is it about you, do you think, <laughs> in all of this? Because, you know, people have had troubles in their life and have had difficulties in your life. What is it about you that allowed you to persevere past all of that into to become the powerful woman that you are today? Um, I have been asked that before and you're asking it, I feel even with more intention. Um, I would say that the first thing that comes to mind is that since I was a child, I always had this sense that there was a higher power and that I was never alone. And I could even add to, which is a story that is in the book, I told you that when I came to the States, I went through some challenges and I had to come and live with a father who I barely knew and his wife who wasn't necessarily happy. My father was bringing a daughter that he did not, she did not know. And it wasn't too long because maybe she wasn't happy I was there um, that I ended up in a foster home for a short period of time, for just one month. And during the time in the foster home, someone, my teacher, because I was a really good student, she gave me my first sacred text, this, the Bible, right? I'm not part of any religion, but that, that was the first book that I was aware of. And I started reading it. And I had this sense that, yes, there is something bigger than me. I was only 14, by the way, because I actually first came when I was 14, just for six months. And being 14 years old, reading this and feeling my heart so full, do you know that I started reading to the other kids in the foster home? <laughs> I started reading to, actually they, they started asking me, a couple of them, they said, hey, because I will do my homework. And then after my homework, I, I will start opening and reading this. And then maybe they saw my, um, maybe they noticed the, my devotion to it. And then I remember they walk into my room and they said, a couple of the girls, hey, 
what are you reading? And I told him and they said, could you read to us? So every day after I came to, from school in the foster home, they would wait for me after I finished my homework and I would read to them every day for the month that I was there. And it was a beautiful moment. So when I think about that time in the foster home, a lot of people say, oh, I'm sorry. This. I go, oh, wow, no, no, no. It was really a beautiful moment. And it was this connection that I had. It was just another example of how having this awareness and maybe be awakened to this awareness can be activated in all of us. Then we are connected to source, a benevolent force in the universe can work miracles in our lives. If you allow it. <clears throat> and, if you and, allow it, of course. You know, the interesting thing is um, when I say that you have authentic grit, one of, one of the, uh, the G stands for gratitude. Mm. And I know that you're, you've got a lot of gratitude for your, your life. Um, and, and not because you're in a nice place <laughs> and you've got a good career and you've got, but you're, you're grateful for all of it. Mm-hmm. And, and the impact that you've had on people, which is really an outstanding place to be, the positive impact that you've had on people in your life. And, and, and that's what, and you're right. I asked you that with a lot of intention, um, how you got through it, because there are a lot of people that are saying to themselves, I can't get through it. And, but yet they can, it's just and a matter have to be of compassionate for that too, Kevin. Um, yes. Because it's more complex than that. You know, it's easy to say to someone, well, my belief in God. So that's why I was, I, I paused for a second because I had that, in, that internal awareness. But some people have gone through really hard things, much harder than what I have gone through. And that has caused some significant challenges, chemically, emotionally, um, and we don't understand everyone's journey. What is it that, what does it feel like to be in that person's body, in that person's mind? So all I can say that for me is this connection, but I'm sure that, you know, with that connection to this higher power, this awareness, there's also something else with inside of me. Maybe my mom also, loved, you know, she loved me when I was a little girl and until she died. She died when I was so young, but other people have had other things. So we have to be so compassionate. And listen, one of my friends um, committed suicide a few months ago, and I was so sad, very, very sad. He looked like he had everything. And I did not understand when he always called me um, when there was a difficult time, and he would say, Veronica, I cannot even get out of the house. And he was a handsome man, like he was a model for a while. And I couldn't, I, you know, I couldn't understand what it meant that he couldn't even get out of the house. So we can only, we can only say that from where we are standing, this is what made sense to us to be able to make it through the other side. And we can only hope that we can be of support and helping inspiration for those who have it even harder than we don't even understand. By the way, we're talking with Veronica Carrera. Hold up your book again. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> so, that we can, so we can look at it. 140 Miles of Life. And and uh, get, the, get that book. It's it's a marvelous. Uh, I haven't read it yet. I, I need to get it. But 
it's it's a it's a wonderful life story of somebody that uh you know grew up in south america and had some challenges there uh, was part of the mormon church had challenges there and as a lesbian had challenges there and you know and but then but then you became a triathlete and you are uh, in the corporate world you're you're doing fabulously well. You've done well everywhere you've gone. You're, you're an extraordinary human being. And so, um, by the way, do you have a website that we can reference or how can they get the book? Yeah. Um, by the way, the title of the book, 140 Miles of Life, A Remarkable Journey to Self-Acceptance and Love. That is uh, the essence of the message because I want to put, put it out there. You can find me on veronicacarrera.com. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's a good easier. one. And also online, yeah, hang on, what is it? Um, almost all social media. You can just Google me, Veronica Carrera. And <laughs> and you can go to Amazon. And they oh, have Amazon, book. yeah. That's the yeah. best place. And then you'll see the reviews and see what you think. And I would appreciate any reviews after you finish it. But yes, that's the oh. best thing. If you want to get a hold of me, I'm always happy when I hear from people and I do respond. Oh, very nice. Very. Is there an email you want to give out? <laughs> it is on the website as well. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. And uh, um, how long has the book been out? The book has been out about six six months. How's it doing? Six, yeah, really well. Right now there is um, a film producer who is writing a script for a documentary. So we're hoping, you know, she's hoping to pitch that. But now they're writing this the script. An agent also in Hollywood picked it up and he's hoping to pitch it for something bigger. But we're in the beginning stages of that. <laughs> I wish one of these days that I could say, you know, my agent will call you and we'll talk to your agent and we'll, and, we'll, and that's, that would, that would be so cool. I mean, you, you know, congratulations on everything that you've done and, uh, and, and are, because you are just, you're just phenomenal. And, and, and I really appreciate having you here. Um, it's, it's great fun. Now, will you come back? We've got lots more to talk about. Kevin, you were, have been one of my most favorite people to talk to. I will come back for you anytime. Oh, you're 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 <laughs> awfully kind. You're <laughs> awfully kind because you you are the exactly the type of guest that I really really in in like to have on because I can I can point you up and and you know have people look at you and say this is this is what you can do with yourself if you chose so choose. Now to get back to what you're talking about, something about some people are are have had tougher times and they're not doing as well and that sort of thing. I also believe that when we come here, we have an agenda of what we want to do for ourselves. And sometimes it's a very, very rocky road. It's very tough. And sometimes we don't, we don't do as well as we might otherwise like to be able to do. And we have to give compassion and love to those people to where they are and not try and fix them and change them necessarily. Do you agree with that? Yes. It's giving people grace and giving ourselves grace because ah, if grace we don't have to good. give grace to ourselves, it is easier to give that type of grace to others. That's why the journey starts with us, the inner journey. And I really, it's, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, it's not the destination. It is the journey. It is a journey. And every every moment that you're on this journey until from now until the day that you uh, um, your body lays down for the last time, mm -hmm. you don't. Uh, mm -hmm. And by the way, just just so you know, I know that in your your um, uh, belief structure that um, we uh, live that that we are eternal beings. 
And I can tell you for a fact, I know that that's true. Yes. Um, that is not a belief of mine. I know that that's true. It, it's a knowledge. It's no longer a belief. That's correct. Yeah. And and so it's it's really important that that people recognize that and under, mm -hmm. understand that. That mm -hmm. and so you know, at the end of the day, if you don't get it right this time, yeah, you get another chance. You'll get it right mm -hmm. next time, <laughs> or the time after that. <laughs> or or whatever so uh by the way and i i want to give you an opportunity which i try and do with every guest sometimes i i i forget but i want to give you an opportunity to i'm going to set myself aside aside mm -hmm. and i want you to talk to our audience about anything at all that you would like them to know well thank you kevin um the the thing that i want to highlight is that the book is dedicated to all those who seek the light within. To all those who seek the light within. And that is my biggest hope for everybody, to understand that at our core, that we're light, that we're love, that we're infinite wisdom. And that, that is the journey that I, I, I pray and, and for everybody to have. And in order to unblock anything, any barrier to love, because that's who we are at our core, there, is, there are things that sometimes we have to do and sometimes it's forgiveness. One of the messages of the book at the end is that we must forgive so that we can be free and we can release all those who may have hurt us, so then they can also live their best life. So I just basically want people, everyone to be free, to live their best lives. I wish I'd have said that. That would have been <laughs> darn nice. That was beautiful. And, and thank you. Thank you very much. By the way, I have to ask you, yeah. um, have you been able to find love in your life? Well, you know, I'm, I'm still single, but I date, but I'm still single. And that is the biggest thing that I hope that maybe in your next podcast, I can say, yes, this is my person. But yes, it's still a journey on that one. <laughs> and it's a journey. You're going to find the right person in there. Yes. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, uh, mm -hmm. folks that you got to sometimes go through to get somebody that, that you really want to spend the rest yeah. of your life with. No, absolutely. And don't sell yourself short. You are you are a remarkable human being. Thank you, Kevin. Are you going to do any more uh, triathlete stuff? Well, right now I'm getting my body back in shape because of the pandemic. Um, uh, I, I I feel like I I haven't been as fit uh, as I want to, but I've been running and getting to a certain mileage, and then I, I hurt my foot a little bit. So I'm trying to heal it so I can get to bigger distances and i have my eyes out for a particular race but i, I want to make sure i can do it but hopefully by the uh, beginning of next year i i want to do that race and i think it's in new zealand i <laughs> somehow have absolutely no doubt that you're going to achieve that goal. <laughs> thank you kevin and I appreciate having you here. Veronica, thank you so for being thank Veronica you. Carrera. Get the name and the name of the book again, the complete name of the book again. The complete name of the book, 140 Miles of Life, A Remarkable Journey to Self-Acceptance and Love. Thank and you. we all need self-acceptance and love. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. You're awesome. Thank you, Kevin. You're awesome, too. 
So if you'll wait right there, I've got to do this, and then I will be right back. So stay, don't go away. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we got.